Welcome to Beyond the Shadows on the Mike Rickstecker Audio Journey on MikeRickstecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. We have a fantastic episode up for you tonight. We're talking about the connected universe. I'm author and historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, Shauna Wankel, the uh, chat shenanigator <laughs> from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and a fantastic writer in her own right. She really is. She's been uh, helping with editing A Walk in the Shadows. and He hates me. Oh, I love her. You, you, <laughs> I love her. There's some times where I'm kind of like, really, really? But it all helps because I, I want it to be like a perfect manuscript. And so you're finding like some real nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. Like I am like seriously hardcore nitpicky about <laughs> stuff. So. But yeah. it's good. It's really good. We're literally sitting just a few feet away from each other. I was like, I'm sending you a screenshot. I think you should put a comma here. What in the world is this? Right. Why is this there? <laughs> yeah. So. It's good. You guys will like the new book, A Walk in the Shadows. Um, on page 90. It's really good. She's on page 90. Uh, coming out in January. So that'll be uh, more toward the end of the month. So we have the Ghosts of Black Hawk War coming at the beginning of the month um, from Dan Norvell and uh, Larry Eisler. Uh, and then I'll walk in the shadows after. But yeah, we're doing the editing right now for a walk in the shadows. And so this is beyond the shadows. And we have our topic for tonight is the connected universe. And so um, we've kind of talked about this stuff before. Um, but there was a really interesting story that came out of Chaco Canyon when I was there. What was it a week ago? It was a week ago yesterday. So it was a week and a day ago that I was there. It's a it's been a bucket list item of mine. Uh, it's the ancient Anasazi ruins. These are really like the descendants, the ancestors of the Hopi. At least you know that's that's what is believed. And you know, very mysterious as to why they set up these. Um, basically, they would have been like temples. These are places of worship that they set up, uh, astrally aligned. So they're they're all aligned to the stars, um, but. You know why they chose this particular location they didn't really live there um they only went there at certain times of the year did their thing and then they would abandon them again so it's, it's not known why they went there when they started really going there except that, you know they have approximations like 850 to 1150 ad and they don't know why they stopped going there either um but for a couple hundred years this is where they were going and i met a uh, a family there so um the the one guy and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use uh, any names right now until like we get permission and stuff like that because um, I wanted to interview him but he was an off-duty uh, park ranger there at Chaco Canyon um, and he was there with his mom and I believe it was his brother um, I never really got <laughs> the, the second guy's name um, but uh, yeah she was telling me the, the mom um, being a, a descendant um, of uh, the Anastasia because she was Hopi and you know she was talking about how you know she was in different parts of the uh we were at pueblo bonito and how she could actually feel and sense her ancestors there she was really in tune to the spirit uh while she was visiting and so of course i filmed there and so one of the things that i was talking about there was the connection between the spirit and the sacred ground that we were at and then of course uh the stars and you know the rest of the universe how it's all 
connected. And um, I've shown this photo before on, on some of our shows, uh, which is right here. And this is an actual IR image of the universe. Um, I think this was off the Kepler telescope. I can't remember which telescope. Uh, but basically, it, this is showing energy. These are all galaxies uh, that it's showing here. And this is how they're all connected uh, with the energy of the universe. So we're connected like this to the rest of the universe too. It's like a big web, uh, which is really, really interesting. But it really goes to show how we are all connected. And so when we go to these historic locations, we go to these ancient sites, and we're interacting uh, with spirit, there you know we we need to keep in mind that you know while yes it's maybe it's molly that we're talking to or whomever that you know while she's in spirit form and we are in human form and there's this building around us and all that that there are aspects of this that we can't really see with our naked eyes that we're still connected to her on like other levels that we can't even really imagine and i know you feel that with her yeah i think the you know, now it doesn't even surprise me whenever I look over and see her. So now it seems like she's almost like, she's almost part of me now. It's almost like family. It's almost like I've had her for longer than I've known her. So, you know, I think it's, you know, our energies that have combined. I think that's why the attachment is there, you know. Maybe she just feels, maybe she feels familiar with something about my energy. You never know. You know, everybody, maybe way, way, way down the line, or maybe in another life, maybe we knew each other and she recognized me. She was like, Could be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, this, this woman, this girl that I follow, that I don't really let her see what I look like, or I don't even tell her that Molly is really my name, or. You know, hopefully that part of the connection clicks soon someday because I'd sure like to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really do wonder if it's you know, a connection from other lives. And there's also the idea that, um, you know, there, that there really aren't other lives, that it's all we're all living everything concurrently at one time. I mean, I actually believe in reincarnation. I believe we go somewhere for a little while and come back which kind of throws a monkey wrench into my whole stack time theory. But because we don't fully understand the way this universe works, I mean, it's possible that all is concurrent as well. So um, got to do this for Tim's show. So this episode of Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by A Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. That's right. And earlier, if you were watching Edge hmm. of the Rabbit Hole, it helps you hunt Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and another thing, since I saw it back there. So this is our award from the Shockfest Film Festival. It is the Excellent Media in the Paranormal Field. So Honor Road Media is now an award-winning media company. Yeah. You know, which is very, very cool. I mean, I never, I never really thought that we would get something like this. You know, this is kind of something that's, reserved for you know movies films stuff like that but i guess we kind of do that yeah i mean we try it everything is you know as raw and as real as possible without having to fake anything for entertainment yeah. value so that's why an award like anybody can get an award for being fiction we at least get an award for being truthful we keep it real so we absolutely keep it real so words like that mean a lot more 
yeah. to me anyway. So, you know, I got to really thank everybody, you know, from Hunter Road Media. I know I've, you know, like made the post and I totally botched the acceptance speech there because it was one of those moments like because we never do this in the paranormal field we don't have stuff like this in the paranormal mm-hmm. field you know so as the first couple went forward and it's like shit i'm nominated for an award here if i mm-hmm. win this you know i'm the only representative of hunter road media there um it's like i have to come up with something to say so i, I know i totally botched the actual speech um but you know i have to thank the uh, all of you uh, the viewers of Hunter Road Media I have to thank all the Hunter Road Media authors, everybody who's made it possible um, from like Adam Tillery and all of his artwork for all the books. Um, anybody who's helped out on any of the videos, you know, we've had some of you in there as, as guests, um, whether it's been on the edge of the rabbit hole show, maybe a calling guest here. Um, you know, we were just talking about Mineral Springs earlier. So, you know, you know, Tom and, <laughs> and Dustin and Nick, you guys are all there for that. And, uh, you know, anybody who's been out to the, uh, Hunter Road Media Paracon, um, you know, there's there, I mean, I, I can't sit here and just like, I'd take all night rattling names off, you know, Vanessa, of course, uh, Katie Hopkins, uh, who's, who's helped with marketing as well. And like, yeah, kind of like I said, all the authors and everything. So, um, really thank you guys for, you know, everything you've done to help support and all of you, you know, Patreon patrons, um, you know, that Tim Shones, you know, always a big supporter out here and like B3 Airspace and Zippy Davis and like everybody like that as well. Um, you know, really everybody who comes out and helps support, whether it's here on Facebook or YouTube or, or wherever, um, you know, whether you're sharing Twitter tweets and, you know, all that stuff. So, and then the guys at Shockfest. So, uh, Matt Ross Valley and uh, Gil Calvaria, thank you guys very, very much. Appreciate it. So, there we go. So, we did that. <laughs> Pretty cool looking little. He is. It's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be a Reaper character i'm not <laughs> exactly sure from from where but it's supposed to be the reaper <clears throat> okay guys so let's get back on track to what's at hand uh which is the connected universe and so yeah, they got a bunch of congratulations down there so uh thank you guys really really um so um so connected universe and you know we were just talking about like maybe your connection with molly um you know, but this can even come to uh, like locations. Like you always felt really connected to the Golden Rod Showboat. Um, you know, and that and that called out to me when I first visited there, and that connected us. Um, Mineral Springs has always been one. Um, you know, Stone Line in and got through Oklahoma for me because um, I've always been like, you know, it's always taken aback. So there's like certain locations that always kind of just you know call out to us and so i wonder and i even wonder if um like certain countries like maybe maybe it's not even just ancestral but maybe places that we had uh you know lived in past lives that call out to us i think locations are connected to us as well i feel like uh going overseas is probably going to be hard to drag me back home yeah because you've always wanted to go to Ireland. I've That's always been a, wanted to go there. Even a long time ago. You know. Um, I couldn't even tell you how old I was the first time I thought, you know, I really want to go there. Um, but then as time went by, I really wanted to go. <laughs> and then 
And then after getting in, into more of the uh, paranormal and supernatural field, um, I feel even more drawn to it. And I feel like some things are just going to kind of click whenever I get over there and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always had a calling to any of those places with castles. Scotland's always been a big draw for me. Um, and yes, I do have some ancestry there. It's like one leg of, of the whole thing. Um, but there's just something about that area of the world that's always drawn me. And even Vanessa's saying that, um, you know, she imagined, you know, because I, I said, you know, I, I think there's a, a, a place I'm supposed to go back and retrieve something from a past life. And so she started talking about, um, you know, a, a body of water between two land masses and, you know, how the, the water flowed north and south or basically was set up north and south. And it's like, wait a second, that's kind of describing like, you know, the, the water there between Ireland and, you know, the rest of the UK. So, I mean, Isle of, Isle of Man is there, so I don't know if that's it, you know, but it's like that part of the world has always been a draw. Um, and, and I've always, you know, and I've always wondered why, you know, why is that such a draw? You know, so somehow, some way I'm connected to it, you're connected to it, you know. Well, when, and I don't know if she's watching, but when my friend Becca went overseas and she came back and brought me like stones from all the different castles and some from Loch Ness and mm. all that. And as soon as, you know, I, as soon as I started uh, touching them and handling them, you know, you knew it wasn't just rocks, you know, but then it, so even that, you know, cemented, you know, the feeling that I had that I really needed to go over there. Um, and I still have all of those are in like a little, you know, I keep them all in a stash and, uh, but I want to go over and get my own. So, <laughs> So Tanya Rogers says, you know, all of those callings are different for all of us too. That proves it. Like mine is the Wild West in late 1880s, um, which is really interesting because, you know, I've always had, I mean, Chaco Canyon, I mean, we've just talked about Ireland, Scotland, that part of the world, um, you know, the castles and all that. Chaco Canyon is like far different, but yet that's always been a draw for me. So it, it makes you wonder if there wasn't just like one random life out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, because and you again with you, um, you know, you've had the Ireland and Scotland thing and all that, too. But you've also had like some past life regression where there were apparently some Native American roots. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe, you know, repressed. Well, repressed. That kind of stuff is repressed. And I I would have wouldn't have even thought about it. But, um, you know campsville you know has is very so i feel like maybe um when i first started being more open to everything it took you know living you know in a house that was really active to kind of unlock it but then it just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger um there's a there's so much native american energy at in campsville it's just crazy and um in the cafe and mm -hmm you know, the school and there's, you know, I've always been, and then I, and then I worked for the archeology span department there for a little bit. And, um, and plus just some of the random just stuff that I know that I could feel was, you know, native American, you know, then I, 
you know, had that reading from that blind uh, shaman from right. Frida's and who uh, real figured out that we, he and I were connected. That's why he felt such a strong, you know, pull to talk to me on the phone. Um, even though he'd never met me before in his life, you know, and just some of the things that he said, but there was a lot of witchy shit in there. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like I, I saw one of those, you know, past lives the other night in a dream. I talked about that and it was crazy what I felt, and what I saw. Um, but Native American past lives also. And that didn't really shock me after you know listening to it it's just like oh yeah you know I don't remember those lives but they certainly make sense you know given the things that I feel the things that I think about that I see the things that I places that I want to go and stuff like that stuff that I'm interested in you know a lot of that stuff just kind of started making sense to me so uh, I still have never met James ever okay um, I wouldn't even know how to find him, but I feel like if if I find him, it'll just be a random. Right. <laughs> I, I, I would looking back. I wish I had, you know. Yeah, but it's still really, really interesting. Um, that type of, of past life regression like that. And there's Andrew Helton down there. I've always wanted to go to Romania. No idea why. Really, don't know much about it. But yet, he has a draw there. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just it makes you wonder how how and why we're connected to these different locations. So, you know, is it, is it a past life? Is there something about your energy and the energy of the location that just resonates? And that said, you know, we have the, the stars and the cosmos there. You know, I used to plainly as, as a kid used to, and this was like when I was in third grade. Okay. Um, I used to make fun that, you know, I'm from Pluto, you know, <laughs> I, I, that was like a joke of mine. Um, but you know what's funny? Yeah, I mean, may, maybe there's something there. Your your friend Tara um, Norwood, mm-hmm. um, she has actually said that before because she she made a comment on one of my posts one time about that and had said that you know it was something that she used to always say that she was from Pluto and I'm like I used to say that same shit when mm-hmm. I was like in third grade, you know, so. Um, oh, it was on the Pluto loves when they were yeah. talking about, you know, Pluto, you know, becoming a planet again. It was on that post. And so mm-hmm. it, it makes you wonder, okay, why would there be a draw to Pluto? You know, I, I'm thinking that there's something there. Do I, am I, do I know if it was a planet or anything like that? Like, I, I believe it is the ninth planet, but do I believe it was inhabited um, by people? Well, maybe not people. And we, this will kind of get into the extraterrestrial thing a little bit, but maybe there is there are life forms there, very different than ours, that are able to live in, you know, with low oxygen levels and a, maybe a very small scale or whatever it is out there. You know, very cold environment, uh, because they have they have proved that there are uh, you know some creatures very very small um, that are able to survive out in space. Um, and you would think now, well, how do they without oxygen and it's cold and radiation somehow they do though. And so maybe there were life forms that were on Pluto that maybe I was one of those life forms at some point. And so I have a connection to Pluto. I don't know, but we are connected. Our planet is connected to Pluto. It's connected to the rest of the solar system. 
the rest of the galaxy and the entire universe. It's all connected. So why not? Why not? Um, so I, I do want to say that, uh, okay, Agatha Holmes had, had posted, Mike Ashana gives us a platform to speak and not feel like we're crazy. That is most awesome. And that's, I, I appreciate that. Um, that's one of the things that, you know, if you go into the encounters with the paranormal books, it's something I repeatedly say in the introduction is that you know, we're all in this together. We've all had experiences. Um, even if you don't relate to any of my stories in those books, you might relate to somebody else's and to know that there are other people out there that have had the same experience and you're not crazy. Even though you might think I sound crazy for talking about being connected to Pluto. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, so yeah, they talked about Arizona, Tombstone, all kinds of stuff down there because we kind of got into that a little bit, I get. Um, okay, so Tanya Rogers, here's an interesting question. So what about heaven and hell? Maybe just different connections of the web? Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Now we're getting to some philosophy here, right? Um, I mean, they would be different planes of existence, right? So if you believe in heaven and hell, you would believe in, I mean, these are actually descriptions of different dimensions. You know, um, you know I, I find it uh, kind of interesting when people, you know, scoff at the idea of, you know, beings from other dimensions or even aliens. It's like, you know, a lot of those descriptions sound just like the heaven and hell descriptions that we describe. Um, if you believe in that or, um, you know, the idea, I, I go into this in a, a walk in the shadows, the idea of living in a simulated world, right? And so if you view heaven or the afterlife world or, or whatever as like the real world and we're living in the simulation, um, and then like some of these beings that we're interacting with are just other beings from the real world coming into ours. You know, I mean, we're still connected. I mean, think of it, if you think of it as the matrix jacked in, it's all connected. It's one way of thinking of it. Now they really think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to ask you about heaven and hell because of your different uh, religious convictions or non-convictions, maybe. Mm. <laughs> Republic of tea has elderberry tea have elderberry flower or elderflower for those whatever. on the podcast she's drinking tea and elderberry tea and if you're feeling under the weather oh my god drink elderberry tea from republic of tea okay yes. i'm gonna do this they're gonna really think i'm crazy as shit now okay so agatha holmes says i just remember pluto the dog from disney so i do a little bit of mickey mouse <laughs> okay. She's like, oh shit, what the hell is he going to do now? <clears throat> I haven't done this for a while, so. <clears throat> Pluto, you dumb mutt. There we go. <laughs> oh my he God. says that in the Christmas special. It's the holidays. <laughs> when when Pluto knocks over the, the Christmas tree, he's getting into it because the chipmunks are there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't. I don't do any Disney voices. Yeah. Yeah. I got that one. When I was younger, I could do a little bit of Ronald Reagan, but I can't do that anymore. Uh, Melanie Baggy, the pole is what propels us forward. Continuing questioning. 
Yep. Um, continue to question everything. You know, it's uh, a lot of these different theories and things that we're throwing out right now um, that we have been ever since we started doing all this. Um, I mean, I reserve the right to change my mind. It, it's a bunch of theories and we're molding and shaping them and trying to figure things out. So, but I do believe we're all connected. I, I think that one is one that we could say is certainly true, especially, and I'll go back and, and, and show it here again. Um, you know, given something like that, I mean, this is an, you know, this is infrared of our universe, you know, it's connected. It is connected. You can, you see the energy going between the galaxies. There's so those, those bright yellow lights. Those are galaxies. And that purple stringy stuff that looks like a spider web. That's the, that's the energy between them. So, um, but yeah, I mean, go ahead and look that one up for, for yourselves. I'll, uh, I guess when we throw this up to YouTube, maybe I'll throw some links down in there and all of that. So, um, <laughs> they're laughing and I thought that my, uh, that my <laughs> Mickey voice was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I used to, well, I, I would throw that one at my kids, you know, and we'd have some fun with it. So Pam Bland Presnell, I hope the simulation is coming to an end. <laughs> Well, you know, um, we talked in the last episode of Beyond the Shadows about ancient aliens and ancient civilizations and that whole, um, that cycle going around and around and around that, you know, um, civilization seems to, now mainstream archaeology would say it just kind of all goes in a linear pattern kind of up. It'd be kind of like a hockey stick now because in recent years we've kind of like done this, right? Mm -hmm. with, with technology, it's kind of gone crazy. Um, but if you look at the evidence that's out there, it speaks more to that civilization would start rising and something would happen and crash and start all over again and then start rising again and then crash. And so we go through these cycles over and over again. And so... Um, you know, I think maybe part of our draw to some of these different places uh, has to do with, I, I think there's something inherent in us that knows that, um, you know, knows about how things were different back then, that knows that there's lost knowledge out there, that there's different secrets out there that, you know, just been lost to time. And I think, especially people involved in this field, I, I think there's that genuine curiosity to find out what the hell happened. What are we missing now that we knew back then, you know, as we continue to do this. And so, you know, the, is the end coming? That's always come to the thing. There's always like, um, in any other religions, there's always a beginning and, and the end, you know, um, you know, when talking about the simulation, you know, there's always a, a point in which the simulation starts and you can access it and all that and the point at which it ends. So is this world going to come to an end? But I think there's different, this really almost goes back to the freaking matrix. So there's different iterations of it. And so like in the movie trilogy, like Neo was the seventh incarnation of all the ones before, right? So, but that's kind of almost really how our civilization has gone. It started to go up. Oh, something happened. Start all over again. You know, and then we go up and down. So I think it's kind of like that. So maybe this one, considering where we are now with our society and technology and all that, we might get, be getting close to the end of at least this iteration. Do you know what <laughs> I've been sitting here thinking? 
Like, I really hope it ends up being like in Lamb where we all become truly enlightened and we just become energy. We just become energy. We become, oh, we just turn invisible. (laughs) (laughs) We just turn invisible. Too enlightened, become pure energy and you can't be seen, you can only be heard. Right. (laughs) Everybody needs to read that book. Oh my God. Uh, That is funny. Yes, we just all become invisible. Yeah. (laughs) You have to read the book to get it. Yeah. Lamb, the gospel according to Biff. By Christopher Moore. Everybody read it. It's it's if it's good. But there are some great points in there. Yeah, unless you're the kind of person that becomes offended religiously, then don't read the book. It will be a smack in the right. face of whatever you believe. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah. I think it's funny. It is. No, you, I, I definitely recommend it. Remember, I have to get that from my mom for, for Christmas this year. Don't let me forget. Your mom. She, Don't let me forget. She, read, she hasn't read it yet. No. Oh, my God. No, she wanted to read it because I told her about it. And she hasn't read it yet. My so dad. I was going to get it for her for Christmas this year. My the, dad read it. Yeah. He was like, I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Melanie Baggy trying to reach balance, perhaps. I mean, that could be it. You know, we, we talk about... Um, you know, needing to learn lessons while we're here. Maybe we learn something, we go off and come back. And so maybe all that is eventually balancing out. Um, but keep in mind, you know, you have these different these different principles that have always been with us. Um, for you know, every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, or the yin and the yang, and, and things like that. So yeah, there is a balance. But how do you you know, how do you really observe that balance? You know, what what does how do you really define that balance? I guess you know, um, you know, because something could balance out, but if the one thing is like really really good, balancing out would be really really bad. Um, the new Star Wars movie is coming out here, Rise of Skywalker, right? And I haven't really enjoyed the new trilogy. And going back to the prequel ones, which were kind of almost equally as bad. Um, you know, they, they made this point of saying that there was going to be the one to bring balance to the force. And I don't think these guys really realized what that meant. You have to, have to think about it. At that time, there was like a whole crap ton of Jedi running around, right? Um, they didn't even really know that the Sith was around still. Uh, you know, but there was there was two. So there's the, you know, Palpatine who became the evil emperor or Darth Sidious. And then he would have, you know, a, a, a number two, an apprentice. So there's Darth Maul and Count Dooku and all that who eventually so to balance that out uh, because there's only two Sith you would then only need two Jedi so yeah yeah Anakin Skywalker balanced the force by becoming Darth Vader and killing uh, almost everybody that that brought balance it it wasn't what they thought it was going to be so you kind of have to be careful when you start talking about bringing balance to something because you have to kind of you know step back a little bit and question okay what would balance look like well if you have a whole bunch of like good over here to balance it out you need a whole bunch of bad over here so and i don't think we consider that most times so um so, uh, Robert Hanna, uh, what do you think happened to the lost civilization of Atlantis? 
Good question. This actually would have been great for, um, I don't think we talked about Atlantis last episode when we talked about ancient aliens. So not that I think Atlantis was a bunch of aliens. I'll ask uh, Shauna real quick. Do you think Atlantis was real? Probably. Probably. I thought you were going to say, why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that I think that it happened exactly how, you know, but there's got to be a nugget of truth somewhere else. Where did it come from? Somebody tripped on some acid or licked a frog and was like, hey, I think this happened. Yeah, Pla Plato was tripping. <laughs> I mean, Plato is supposed to have gotten uh, that story from uh, the Egyptians. And that story, if it had been with the Egyptians, was probably in the Library of Alexandria, which is gone. Um, so one of the m wonderful things that could possibly come out of Egypt still, possibly under the Sphinx. Uh, you talk about connected universe, Edgar Casey. God, he was connected to freaking everything, wasn't he? Hmm. So, you know, a hundred years ago, Edgar Casey's talking about, yeah, you know, that Sphinx that's out there. Um, yeah, there's a secret room under one of the paws. Actually, he said the right paw. And sure enough, um, in recent years, they do some ground penetrating radar and discover, oh, there's a hidden room under the right paw. So people speculate about, you know, are there possible, you know, lost scrolls under there? You know, maybe they were, if not, if not from Alexandria, like items and scrolls that would have been in Alexandria you know, if they had ever gotten up there. Um, but basically like lost knowledge. Um, so is the secret to Atlantis there uh, under the under the Sphinx paw? I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, given what you're saying, some nugget of truth. Yeah, I, I believe there was an Atlantis, um, that there was an ancient race of beings that were highly civilized for the time. Do I think that they had computers and cameras and stuff like that? Not in the sense that we know of. I, I think they had other high, uh, technology that was higher for the time, probably knew some things that we didn't, like building construction and how they could do all these crazy things with the stones and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I believe that they that they did exist. Um, I, I can't possibly speculate as to where. There's a lot of... I, I've, I've seen and read and watched a lot of stuff on Atlantis, and it seems like everybody has a great idea, um, but they can't ever prove that that is the correct idea. So, um, so Genevieve Rogue, NASA's already got stockpiles of seeds and special people to reseed somewhere in distributing their, uh, in disturbing, they're always looking for somewhere else. As for the rest of us, question mark. Um, yeah connected universe um here's an interesting one to throw out there is well the human race seems to be connected to mars we seem to have this longing for mars don't we mm -hmm. so people speculate that humans originally came from mars possibly so is it one of these yeah we came from mars seeded earth earth's getting fucked up so now we're gonna go back to mars <laughs> Sean was like, why not? Yeah, you know, that probably space is the one place that I don't ever feel a pull for. Right. I've just never. You're always, you're, you've always been pretty grounded here. 
and I've had a bit of a longing for space. Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, the moon, I love the stars, I love the, you know, astronomy, I love stuff like that. I've just never felt I need to go up there. I've just not felt that. That was something I actually looked into when I was in the Air Force. I did look into um, how to possibly get into the astronaut program, and I was going to meet the quality, basically my eyesight. Um was going to prevent me from that but um yeah it's uh yes they are looking at reseeding somewhere they have to um because we are i mean overpopulation here is a real thing it's it's not a joke and i'm not trying to fear monger i have i have mentioned this before um that we do need to look at getting off the planet we, we it's it's not viable in the long run i mean I mean, in the serious, serious long run, billions of years from now, the uh, sun will encompass the earth and destroy the planet. That is going to happen. There's no way out of that one. Uh, of course, it's billions of years from now, so um, you know, people don't really look at that as like, oh, okay, you know, they don't seriously look at that, but it will happen. In the short term, yeah, overpopulation is real. Um, people say, well, there's so much open space out there that we could, yeah, you know, I just spent, I don't know how many days driving through the freaking desert. It's open space. Yes, you could stick people there. I, I don't know how well they would survive and adapt. I mean, it's just as beautiful as like the, the, you know, the stones and the rocks and all that were. It's not hospitable. You know, and I spent three years in Alaska. I don't want to go back there. So yeah, mm -hmm. there's space all over the place, but not really nice livable space. Um, in in our nice livable space is getting taken up. Um, our farmland is shrinking. If you got to think about this, the farmland is shrinking while the population is increasing. So then we have, and you worked for them. Uh, Places like Monsanto that's, you know, developing these, you know, different seeds and whatnot to produce a, what they would call a, um, a better, more dense crop. Yes, they can now get more, uh, like more corn into, you know, a square foot than they used to be able to. Um, but you want to tell them what happened uh, to you and touching their seeds? This is where, you know, we're headed. Yeah, it did burned like literally blistered my skin whenever it I mean we're supposed to wear gloves and long sleeves and no matter how hot it is you had to have every portion of your skin covered at all times um, including you know well April if April is still in the uh, chat room she worked there with me um, I don't think she was there the day that I got burned but um yeah, so they immediately like yanked me over to one of the uh, wash stations and, you know, was trying to, you know, flush it out. And that kind of became the, oh my God, that's like inside my body. So if it's doing that to my skin, you know, what is it doing to my internal organs? And so, yeah, it didn't really last too long after that. So, yep. Yep. So short-term solution to try to feed the population growth is to create these toxic seeds. 
and, and I can't imagine what that's putting into the ground that actually go back out and in, into the plant um, that we end up consuming. Um, or, you know, a lot of that gets fed to the animals as well. You know, like our, you know, pigs and chickens and all that that we end up eating, you know, from the meat section of the store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because a, a lot of that goes to them as well. Uh, so yeah, overpopulation is a problem and, you know, we're either going to, you know, suffer some sort of, you know, human cataclysm here with that. Again, not trying to fear monger. It's just, it's just realistic. Or we need to look at getting off the planet. Yes. Mars seems like the most logical place right now. Is that going back to where we went once came from? Maybe there's also that other planet out there. Well, I say planet, but it's an asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter that people speculate had once been a planet. Um, so it could always be from there too. You know, we don't know. Um, so, but yeah, our connections to the universe. Uh, Justin Brown coming in late uh, a little while ago. He says, and he said he came in late. So I'm just quoting him. <laughs> he says, uh, everything comes from the stars, according to present scientific theory. If that is true, we're all connected through the formulation of stars. And then when we die, our bodies go back to the earth. We are 60% water. The water from our dead bodies goes back to the water sources of the earth and back into nature. And other people breathe and drink the, that water. The other stuff gets broken down into plant food. The plants use that, and we use plants for food. See the connection? See the cycle? Um, well, it's true. You know, from the very beginning there, everything comes from the stars. Yes, we are actually all made of stardust. You know, I mean, that's that's not a cute saying. We are. Um, everything that formulated from the solar system billions of years ago, we're, we're a part of that. Um and then as far as the, you know, the cycle he uh, talks about here, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, all that kind of gets recycled. It's kind of like what I've talked about before, you know, does water have memory? <laughs> mm-hmm. Think about it, if water could talk, mm. you know, well, I, 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 you know, spent a few days as a young drop in Cleopatra. <laughs> I mean, it's true though, you know, that it gets cycled and cycled and cycled. And so, you know, any of the, any of what we're consuming now was actually consumed by the ancients long, long ago, you know, so we are connected on a physical level like that. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's throw this out there. So if we're connected physically to everything that has always been here and always will be here, can we use that to then connect with it spiritually as well? You think? Maybe. Like if if we have a physical, well, okay. Like you do the grounding a lot. <clears throat> so um, if you have a physical connection to the earth, the water, all that, um, and you recognize that you consciously recognize it when you go out there to do the grounding and the stuff with the moon and all of that um are you then able to for lack of a better term tune in better whenever i go out to usually i feel the need to ground whenever i've had a hard whenever everything's just like you know cluttered whenever everything and whenever I feel drained whenever I feel 
you know, just not myself, and I feel like I need a little pick-me-up, you know, yeah, I could do caffeine, and that helps, but uh, I go out there, you know, especially under a full moon, or um, if it's nicer outside with bare feet, you know, I just feel, you know, for the time that I'm out there, it's, I feel better. And it's not just because, well, I'm getting fresh air or I'm out here by myself and everybody's leaving me alone and I'm just able to sit here and reflect. You know, it's almost like the moment that I put my feet on the ground, it's just like, hi, universe. <laughs> you know, um, I just feel better in bare feet. That's why I don't like being cold. Can't run around bare feet as much. Because in the summertime, um, think by that's why we like to wear flip-flops so much right I like to have anything keeps you closer uh, you know it keeps me yeah you're closer closer if you don't have anything in between you and the and the ground um some people don't believe in that um and i'm not saying well you know i've read that grounding is supposed to make you feel that way so yeah that makes me feel that way you know i I don't really care what anybody else <laughs> says about it. I care about what it does for me. What do I feel when I do it? You know, it may not be the same for me as it is for somebody else, but um, I care about what I think. So, all yeah, right. Works for me. <laughs> and I always recommend it to anybody who's just, you know, just not feeling it. You know, I tell them just. You know, during the day, during the night, I don't care where you go. Just go somewhere where there isn't anybody to bother you and just take off your shoes and just, you know, plant yourself, you know. Give yourself some roots. Pretend like you have roots, you know, and you can feel them growing in the ground and actually, you know, tune everything else out and close your eyes and, and actually, you know, visualize that and... You know, if you can tune everything else out and just think about what it is that you're wanting to feel and what it would look like in your mind's eye, you will feel so much better. Nope. Nope. I don't do it often enough. So, or at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not a flip-flop kind of guy. I'm just not. Um, I, I have a hard time with people sporting their toe jam and stuff like that. So, I'm just... She'll, she'll roll her eyes, but that's no, always been my I take. She doesn't. I wouldn't. Not like that anyway. I usually yeah. give my feet a once over before I expose right. them to the public. Yeah, but some so. people don't. And it's like you're walking around a grocery store and you're like, oh, dude, cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people just should not. It should just be a law. Some people should not. So, uh, in any case, <laughs> I do know over in Scotland, Ireland, weather depending, I'm probably not going to be wearing shoes much. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. Because you'll really want to connect then. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I'll get to yours here in a second, Kathy Cilian. So Justin Brown, a follow-up comment. I like the idea that life was seeded on Earth by meteors and debris from space, other planets colliding. Yeah, panspermia. Um, Yeah, I I totally uh, buy into that, that a lot of things are coming in from outside this planet. Um, they've, they've shown, you know, water being trapped in, you know, meteors coming from, you know, outside and, you know, other, you know, microbes and, and things like that coming in on these objects. Um, you know, some of the different, 
you know, creatures that are out there like, you know, octopi, you know, they're basically like alien to any other species on the planet. So, uh, you know, it makes you wonder where some of these things are coming from. And they've, they've shown enough about the microbes coming through the atmosphere that are surviving the viruses and all kinds of stuff um, that actually come in from outside the planet to here. Uh, so, yep, I, I definitely agree uh, with that one that, you know, stuff comes in from outside. Uh, panspermia. So Kathy Ciliento, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, I hope I don't butcher this. So I have a question. If time is man-made, are we correct to assume that numerology, when it comes to time, although often associated with the paranormal alongside, astro- alongside astrology and similar divinatory arts, certain times have different meanings, like 1111 or 444, we do believe that there are real messages coming to us. According to some, they believe it's messages from angels. I hope that makes sense of what I'm trying to say. So, um, yeah, I, I know that, okay, like with the time, yeah, I do believe time is, I mean, time is a man-made construct. It's it's what we came up with to describe our reality that we're experiencing. So, you know, we, we came up with seconds, minutes, all that to describe how long it takes to do something. Um, or back in ancient times um you know they needed that to figure out crop rotation and 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 things like that so um so we we did invent the concept of time uh to do those sorts of things you know and and the minds you know figured out time for when the world was going to (laughs) end or the long cycle the long count calendar um so a lot of that had practical applicability back then. Now we just look at a watch or whatever and like, oh, it's this time of day. So we don't even really think of it in those terms. Um, as far as like numerology, um, I do think that there are some interesting things when it comes to numerology as far as like the times, like 11-11 or what all. You know, it's, there's something to it, but I can't, I can't answer precisely what it is. So I know a lot of people point to, you know, it's 11-11 or it's it's one eleven or whatever. Um, so when my my old car blew up, I didn't blow up. It got hit by a deer. <clears throat> <laughs> she laughs. It blew up. Well, kind of. <clears throat> something blew it up. <laughs> In any case, if you looked at the numbers, it was 317,137 miles. If you look at the numbers between the commas they added up to 11 on either side three plus one plus seven equals 11 and then vice versa on the other side 11 11 so again i was really hurt by that car you know getting destroyed like that because it i obviously had driven it a lot and was trying to see how far i could go with it and it wasn't anything mechanical that died on it you know it was something physical but when I got this car in our studios in a garage, so I'm pointing right at the car, the shadow, the shadow <laughs> knows the shadow. When I got that car and I, um, and they drove it over to me from another lot and I sat down in it to drive it for the first time, the miles on it were 111. So that tells me right there that the universe was letting me know that it was okay, that this was meant to happen, that, that old car, maybe there was something bad that was going to happen to it, even worse than getting hit by a deer. Something, you know, maybe a mechanical failure or whatever. And because I was being 
you know, I was adamant that I was going to keep it forever. Um, but maybe the universe kind of intervene, intervened, and I'm sorry for the deer, threw that deer out there so that it would happen. And the numbers let me know it was okay. This is what was supposed to happen. And this, this was my new car that I was supposed to have. I always worried about you in the car traveling long distances. That yeah. other one, I was like, oh man, it's got, something's going to happen. Yeah, you were always worried with that one because it was an old car and it had a lot of miles. And you put a lot of miles on it even. So, I mean, I get uncomfortable at the, you know, whenever it, you know, gets up over like close to like 150 or whatever. I'm like, oh my God, you know, stuff's going to start falling off. It's going to blow up in the road. It's going to shut down, you know, and yours had twice as much as my outside of my comfort Mm -hmm. zone. And um, there was no way. I would make long distance trips in it, but you were like, eh, going to Maryland, going to <laughs> wherever, you know, yeah. and some other going to Rhode there. Island or, you know, yeah. 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 Would that thing have made the Chaco Canyon trip? Actually, I ended up going all the way out to Vegas to, you know, to pick up that award. Actually, I didn't know I was picking up that award. I was just going for the film festival and the signing and all that. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think that was the universe the the connected universe you know reaching out and saying yo mike it's time and that's the way it let me know it was okay it was through numbers it's through numbers so d- numbers definitely have meaning absolutely um robert hannah um we got to wrap it up here in just a little bit so um but he asked so if you believe everything is connected is that why you're skeptical of the existence of parallel universes so I've talked before here about my view on the multiverse. Um, I believe that there can be parallel universes on a limited scale. Um, like I, I would think that they would have to be like um, like some sort of finite number. I, 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 what I don't buy into is this idea of the multiverse, which basically what that is, is for every decision that's made by anybody like it spawns off an entirely new parallel universe so you would have like i mean there's eight billion people on the planet right now right so it with every decision that everybody makes it would spawn off another parallel universe i mean do you realize how many i mean we infinite like an infinite number of parallel universes being spawned off daily i mean think about how many thousands of decisions you make per day and a decision is something simple, you know, from like me choosing my words now. For me to just do that with my hand is a decision to do, right? Um, me picking up this, you know, mug to take a sip right now, this is a decision. I'm, I'm not going to buy that that just spawned off an entirely new parallel universe just because I took a sip out of that mug right now. Um, I, I, I think where people are kind of okay with the idea of the multiverse is, you know, if it's something big you know like you know that car you know getting hit by the uh by the deer like you know i, I think they're like well you know maybe there's a universe where you still have the car and a universe you know now where you don't and it's like yeah but that's just a big thing you know all the decisions that came up to leading up to that car you know getting hit i mean every little thing that happened that day you know i was at an event in iowa 
So, I mean, there was a crap ton of people that I talked to throughout the day. Um, there were places I stopped along the road. You know, what if I would have, you know, left a couple minutes earlier or a couple minutes later? Those were all different decisions throughout the day. You know, if I would have decided to pack up the, um, the coffee before the books or vice versa, all those little things throughout the day would have made a little inkling of difference somewhere, right? Which would have, to the multiverse, theory spawned off an entirely different universe and an entirely another mic and i just at that level i can't get into it but there are some theories that i would give consideration to um they do have to do with reincarnation to a degree where um in the home world or whatever you want to call it for lack of a better term that when we pass and so we go up there and we you know we meet with people that you know kind of our soul group our soul family whatever maybe past family members what have you um but some people aren't like entirely there like they're there but not fully because their energy is split between different worlds that are playing out at that same time so they might have a soul on earth I mean, obviously, if you're meeting up with them in the home, whatever, um, there's part of their soul that's up there. But then maybe there's a part of their soul that's on Earth. And maybe there's a part of their soul that's um, in this universe, in, in that universe. So they their soul might be split into different fractions um, between some different universes. I don't believe that can be split infinitely. But, you know, from these different theories that, that I've read up on, you know, a couple of times. So... I'll give that one credence. It's almost like uh, um, if we go back to like Harry Potter and the Horcrux. Now, of course, that's a fictional tale, but those ideas, she incorporated a lot of mythology and a lot of theory from ancient times into those stories. So it comes from there, but that's a pop culture reference for anybody who's trying to imagine that, imagine a Horcrux um, and getting split, his soul getting split seven times, which actually you're like oh, what the fuck is he talking about um <laughs> the ancient egypt ancient egyptians uh believed that there were seven parts of the soul um so it kind of plays all into stuff like that so um on that level but yeah not the multiverse um uh, kathy Silento, the show just keeps getting better i love you guys here in the chat are so awesome yes our our mad hatters down there in the chat are absolutely awesome um all right so i think we'll go ahead and wrap all of this um up for now oh my god melanie baggy love when mike starts really getting into uh-huh. something the best yeah i start like just rambling on with all kinds of ideas and stuff don't i it's like that's why the first show is called edge of the rabbit hole because we just we just we dive right down it's kind of like the edge and we're we're staring down and then yeah yeah we're gonna go down there <laughs> <laughs> beyond the shadows i mean it's it's the same thing I mean, this is the edge of the rabbit hole after show beyond the shadows we <laughs> the shadow knows <laughs> yeah the car is even personalized now. it is don't yeah. t- don't tell them how people that have seen it know but i i don't want that actually public <laughs> okay. the people who know know it's like tom and nick and like they noticed it um uh, Brandy Green, when we were at uh, Iowa there a few weeks ago, she was like, is that your car? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, all right. So let's go ahead and do some uh, some quick shout outs here. Billy, don't stop. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, appreciate that. It is getting a little bit late, though. We have some uh, some wrap up stuff to do on the, uh, the edge of the rabbit hole stuff from earlier. Um, unless you guys have any last questions down there, um, maybe we'll take one more. So do you have any final thoughts? No, no, no. I'm good. Yeah, Shauna's good. I think she's ready for some ice cream. I don't even know if I'm going to have that. I'm just tired. <laughs> she's just tired. <laughs> so Early morning. Um, I did. Okay, I did see something here from Kathy Siliento uh, from earlier. What about going under the ocean? Um, we talked about that briefly with um, Ken Gerhard about, because um, when we were talking about different cryptids and uh, ancient creatures that maybe are still around that, you know, you know, people thought had gone extinct but are may actually still be around where did they go there's many hidden places still within the oceans or deep deep places there that we still haven't yet explored so it's possible that they've gone there and there, there's a lot of secrets still under the ocean that we just don't know what the heck is going on under there so you know and it's it's wild some of the things that that we're finding when we do get deeper and deeper as our technology grows um you know we have to the way we have to pressurize um the equipment that goes down there and we're discovering you know sea creatures and fish down there that you know have a regular you know skin and skeleton and all that stuff and it's like how in the world are, are is their body withstanding that pressure but it does it does so um so yeah kathy you look tired go get a coffee go to bed well, that's kind of like contradictory. Get a coffee and then go to bed. I mean, it decaf. would well decaf. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Debbie Napa, believe that part of our, the part of our brain that we don't use holds the answers. You feel if we do, we might distrust life as we know it. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Lucy with that explores the concept of opening up the mind a hundred percent? It's a really, really interesting movie. So, um, check it out we won't get too much into that at the moment so all right everybody we'll go ahead and wrap this up let's get to some shout outs here real quick 